Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. I think it's time we blow this scene, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode it's the week of january 13th 2022 it is episode 244 and i'm your host chris randazzo joining me tonight is kick-ass theme song karen randazzo i'm already a fairy puffy pink coat model angie fernot there is nothing in this world to believe in and grimacing anime stereotype evan goldstein julius the name's julius Tonight, following the abrupt cancellation of the live-action Cowboy Bebop Netflix series, I thought it would be a good idea to watch the two worst episodes of the original anime series and see how they stacked up. But first, how y'all doing? <laughs> that was your, that's why we had to watch that? Boy, howdy. Wow, yeah, okay, so then I'm going to have things to say. Oh, when do I not? We're great, though. How about you guys? We are okay. Yeah, now I'm uh, just... It's fine. It's good. It's good times. It's cold. Your living dream. It's is really it? cold out. It's very cold. It is currently sixteen degrees, which I don't know if you know this. That's not enough degrees. No, it's definitely that's, that's not. A few too shoot few. I heard yes. that's less than freezing. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like anymore because I don't know if you know this, but I moved. Well, it was. I don't have to deal with that. We noticed. Five here. Yesterday, still oh, freezing. Almost freezing. <laughs> I earlier this evening, I said to Chris, "I got to make sure that I get out of the house in the next three days because it's going up to the mid forties, which is still not enough degrees for me. But comparatively, like when the rest of the days are thirties and twenties and tens, yeah, okay, I'll go outside in forties. <laughs> it's gonna be a balmy forty-four degrees outside. Better take the dog get, out for a walk. Get your shorts and flip-flops going." Uh, my understanding is that you guys also got like 72 feet of snow in an area that doesn't normally get 72 feet of snow. <laughs> we got a little over one foot of snow, which what we used to regularly get around that much snow. When I was growing up down here, that's we used to be able to count on probably one snowstorm of, of about that quantity a year. Uh, but we hadn't gotten nearly that much in, in a very long time. So, you know. It was exciting. It was very exciting, you know, except for that it took days away from my vacation. Because uh, instead of me being on vacation, I was watching the kids, being a dad. You were on the kids' snow days. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. Was and there was shoveling fun. of we snow? We had fun. What was that? Was there shoveling of snow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of shoveling. <laughs> Sucker. Of snow. I'm sorry. Well, I don't actually. I don't actually hate shoveling snow. That's the thing. I, 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 I have a good time shoveling snow. Though this year was kind of a pain in the butt because my um, my earbuds are dying. So for some reason, I go out there and wear my earbuds, and the right one dies within like five minutes. Are they just the, the Apple brand of earbuds? They sure are. Mm. Oh, and, and I mean, I can smell the planned obsolescence from here. <laughs> um, so Did I'm going to go ahead and assume go that since it, that's what it smells like. Yeah. yeah. 
Not for nothing. I bought yeah. like a $25 pair from Amazon and it was like the best pair I've ever had. So Yeah, I think we have some, some recommendations if you need them. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking about going that route. I like the way the Apple ones feel and I like the way that they function. Mm. Uh so it's a you know, do I want to get used to other ones, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where the day takes me. It's, wild, it's the wild west out here. I'm living. I'm living on the edge. This is this is some really. I'm sorry, listeners, if you can't comprehend the depth of this conversation. It's hard to follow. This is very intense. Oh no, man! We have watched a lot of television, honey. I know. I was so proud of us. Well, then you'd us. best start talking. Okay. Can I start? Yeah, baby. Queer eye. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Okay, so Queer Eye, there is a new season. It is fabulous. Uh, there's a lot of yas and queens and tears. Oh my God, if you're gonna watch this new season, just get a box of tissues, you know the drill. Um, I needed this show. I have needed did, yes. these good vibes. It's not like, I don't know, in the past I've watched it and I've been like, oh, that's so nice. It's, it's good. Like, yeah, I could definitely use some more positive. No, I was like, I need this or someone will die. Where are um, they? Where what? Where are they? They're like, in Texas. Yeah, they went to Austin, Texas, and I have a bestie who lives outside of there. So now I'm like, I was on the phone with her the other day, and I was like, all right, so I know I've been saying for like 10 years that I'm going to come visit you in Texas, but like now I have to. Because, <laughs> now because of Queer Eye. <laughs> yeah, because, because Queer Eye. Case, they're still there. <laughs> they showed me some really fun places in Austin, and now we need to go hang out there and make friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool when we were there, like, God, over 10 years ago. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, Chris and I, uh, Chris's band went, um, they they didn't play South by Southwest, but we went for South by Southwest. No, we, we played it. We, we were there. Yes, we weren't an they, official. They played at it. <laughs> we weren't an official uh, act at, at South by Southwest, but we drove, we, we, we did a tour. We had a couple of shows on the way and a show on the way back. We made it to Texas and we set up, uh, we went into Austin where they were doing South by Southwest and we parked our van on a quarter. We bought uh, one of these power inverter things so we could hook up our instruments to the, the, the van's battery. Uh, and we just set up on a street corner and we started playing a set until the uh, car battery died. <laughs> this is so much history. I did not know about you. There right. is video of this, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. This there's actual like... video of the, the, the car battery dying. I'll, I'll shoot well, you we'll a YouTube We'll have to put a link you. in the show notes because yeah. yeah. people want to see this. This which, is the new television. This was Shockolot. I love that name. I love that name. I think Evan that asked was a great just band. to hear it. I was a genuine rock star. <laughs> yeah, you still were. wasn't cool. <laughs> you still are. Oh. So, yeah, uh, Queer Eye was just like... I've just, I've just really needed to have my faith in humanity restored, and that show does it for me. It does it very well. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I have a few thoughts. Okay. Um, about I, fo- I watched the first half of the season today. Have you noticed of, Karamo's shirts? Yes, I have. Cool. Okay. Um, Karamo's shirts are all like socially just social justice themed, which is like rad. Um, so my first thought when I saw they were going to Texas is like, I'm not sure this is safe for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, then they were like, oh, and we're going to Austin. And I'm like, oh, 
okay, well, that's safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like the pocket of safe. But like, honestly, it's like going to another country where there where there are different laws. And I was like legitimately feared for their safety. Well, this um, is from how long ago? Twenty. This is the last two years. Okay. Like, yeah. it, like they started filming in 2019, the po- or, uh, 2020, the pandemic hit and then filming got put on hold. Yeah, so that was uh, another really interesting, I thought it was really interesting the way they handled the pandemic, because they shot the bulk of the first episode with the first lady, Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, whatever, the production shut down due to COVID, before, like, she got her ending little, like, moments with her family, Mm -hmm. and so they went back to visit with her a year later, um, and it was a really, like, kind of touching but also really interesting way to do one of their episodes because normally like you know they spend a week with a person and then at the end of it their lives are changed and then you never see that person again this we got to see the person sometimes they'll do like a little follow-up if something happened like you know within the the season's production and they find out about it they'll like add a little bit at the end about it Mm -hmm. Yeah, in but this, this case, the lady. Um, sorry, I'm taking over your show. No, 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 I love it because this is. <laughs> I was actually going to bring up this episode and one other. So please, I'm glad that you saw this one. Uh, so the lady uh, was like 58 years old, and she wore a wig, and she never like she wouldn't let Jonathan touch her real hair at all. And so like before they left, he was like, "I'm going to give you this like machine that um, helps regenerate like hair growth." And uh, he left it with her. And then I guess during the pandemic, she decided to use it. So when they came back and visited her a year later, instead of this long blonde wig, she was wearing like her long natural hair and it looked amazing. Yeah. And like you never would have gotten to see something like that if not for the pandemic. Yep. Yeah. Like that was pretty cool. I I often find myself wishing they would do like a fall, like where are they now? But then I'm always like scared of, you know, where are they? Like what if could be? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I really want to go to the Broken Spoke. Like, I really want to go there and learn line dancing. I am so about it. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I'm betting that they probably saw an up. They'll probably see an uptick in uh, business from this. Like, oh tourism. yeah. I mean, I had I had learned of it prior to the show, uh, and just kind of been like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then, like, when it was filmed, like, I was like, oh, I get it now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for brushing this off. Um, But yeah, so there was that episode. And then like you're talking about, you know, where they are in Texas and they did the the episode with the cattle farmer. Yeah, that's the, that's, yes, I saw that one too. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the guy with the tight pants? That was the guy. That was the, yeah, he was the one who was super, and he's like, yeah, I'm just not used to people like you. <laughs> and he's like, if I saw someone like you walking down the street, I'd be like, what's up with that guy? And then he looks at Jonathan, and he's like, what's up with your shoes, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, cute, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, the way he just owned it. I'm I, sorry, the <laughs> fact that he was wearing the tight pants and his ex- exclamation was, you can see my pecker! Like, that's just funny. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was one of my favorite things because that, that particular person reminded me a lot of what my family is like, which is weird because my family is from Northern New Jersey. So one would not expect that if you're not familiar with what can come out of New Jersey. Um, And just seeing that, like it, 
it's one of the things that really inspires me when it's like it just takes patience a conversation and an open mind and like you see these people go in and like yeah the guy's gonna be on his best behavior because he's got a camera on him but like you i i felt like i could actually see him growing like i feel like his brain might have overheated a little bit from expanding (laughs) so much in that week period um so it just renewed hope you know (laughs) it um i mean you you hear people say a lot like i think they even did like a beer commercial that was like this where like and and the guy himself said like if you sit down with and have a beer with somebody who's different than you you find out like that they're not really so different from you Mm -hmm. and that's like an easy thing to say but they think the big barrier is people being willing to open up to and get to know someone who is different than themselves and let go of their preconceived notion about notions about somebody who's different from them Mm -hmm. um so to actually see it happen between this you know conservative ranch guy and these guys and the the fab five was really nice Mm -hmm. made me feel like oh that that is actually possible however and i'm still not convinced it's possible for like the population at large it's like okay in this case in particular these are five like they're very trained to like get people to open up like this is what they do mm-hmm. it could th- this couldn't be accomplished between just any two people who didn't agree on something no um, it, for sure it couldn't but i i like to think that it, it can help inspire more people to want to be like that i mean like i spend a lot of my spare time studying how to be better at communication you wouldn't know it from this podcast but i do spend (laughs) a lot of my time trying to become a better communicator in my relationships and in my life whether it's establishing and and reinforcing healthy boundaries or having more empathy and compassion for my fellow man really but the the fact of the matter is that like this show like I said, it's just one of those things where you get to a place that you're just looking at the world around you and sometimes it's really hard to remember the good things and then a show like this releases a new season and it's just like, alright, stop moping, be better, do better, inspire more, because they inspire me, and I love that. Nice. So good yeah. point well made. But that's, um, okay. Sorry, go ahead. The only other thing that I noticed about during the show is mm-hmm. they have I don't and I don't know whether they did this earlier or not um, but I noticed that they stopped referring to themselves as five gay men and started referring to themselves as five queer people which I think is really cool since Jonathan's not binary yeah I saw I, yeah I noticed that as well I caught your uh, as well yeah yeah because I don't think Jonathan had ever stated that they were non-binary before right um and I think it can be, <clears throat> you see a non-binary person who still, like, has a masculine body and, you know, facial hair and and whatnot. It's still, like, I still catch myself doing it where there are non- non-binary people that I follow now. And I still catch myself using the wrong pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more it's mainstreamed and normalized, the more people see it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, I, I really enjoyed that uh that specific part of the conversation between Jonathan and the cowboy about like so what is non-binary and Mm -hmm. 
what uh like what pronouns and is it okay to ask and all this stuff like mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people experience that with like something they're not used to and they don't know if it's okay and so they end up you know doing or saying something wrong because mm-hmm. they don't feel like they can ask so it was nice to for them to show that yes it is okay to ask and and you'll figure it out yep and nothing bad happens yeah and it's it's okay to be a little unsure and a little unclear like yeah um so that was that was my like really intense feel good yay uh followed up by the great canadian baking show (laughs) (laughs) so we finished the first season tonight um evan was actually invested enough that i was working while watching it this afternoon and then he was like nah keep it on uh because we were toward the end of the season and he wanted to know who would win um so that was cool. I was disappointed. I was very disappointed. I was rooting for the uh, the baker, Vandana, and I thought that she definitely deserved to win, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm not salty. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, no, I'm sweet because <laughs> it's a baking show. Aww. Anyway. <laughs> have you watched any of the Canadian baking show, Karen? I have not, no. Okay, so <clears throat> there is a distinct lack of douchebaggery from the judges. They are exceptionally nice. <laughs> They are truly Canadian in their their description of what's wrong with someone's bake, but it's 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 overwhelmingly nice. And Not French. a Paul Hollywood insight. Listen, Paul is great, and everyone wants he is his great, handshake. But he like he is you know he can be harsh with his criticisms, not unfounded, but he can be harsh, and you know. And the guy who's the what's the judge's name? That the French judge. Honestly, I can't get past the fact that he sounds so fakely French. He, I can't remember his name. He sounds like he's name. putting on a, a, a fake French accent, but I don't think he is. I would hope that he's not. No, it's real. But, but it's like overt French accent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Eugene, what's Eugene Levy's kid? Dan Levy. Dan. Dan. The more I watch this show, the more I see his dad, and it's just in the eyebrows. Like where they belong. He has his father's eyebrows. It's great. God bless him. It's great. <laughs> oh, so is he on it? Yeah. First two seasons. Oh, great. He is. He is one of the introduce. I. What is. What is he? He's the Presenters. one of the hosts. Host. Okay, we can call it host. Yeah. Yes. So he's there. It, that's that's just been that was good fun. Fantastic. Um, and then we've been working our way oh i guess i'll finish what i was watching and then we can do what we were watching um still working my way through gargoyles uh season three is hella long um i finally found out about angela like you guys have, i've been told about her but now i've i've this is i'm in new territory now you know i know holy crackers so cool. honey yes it's 52 episodes yes yeah, really long i wasn't kidding i was like it's almost discouraging because it's so many episodes but i'm working through it um, I also picked up The Expanse again. So I, I had picked that show based on a friend's recommendation for all of us to watch. And we all got through the first episode and kind of went, eh? Um, yeah, so apparently un- when, like, a couple of people have said, like, we didn't get the right impression of the show by just watching the first episode. Because we all agreed it was really Well, here's the funny sad. thing. I'm on the third episode, yeah. and like episode one was basically negligible. Like they, because they bounced around to so many different plots and characters in that first episode, and then killed most of them. 
So, like, you just get to the point in episode two where it's literally bouncing back and forth between, like, the guy, uh, Tom... Punisher? Tom Jane, yeah? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane, yeah, that guy. Um, so, it's, like, him investigating the the girl that disappeared, mm-hmm. the uh, woman who is on Earth who likes to torture people, and then the little crew that had left the big ship that got blown up right and like it's much more straightforward now because it's literally crew needs to survive crew gets picked up by mars and then tom is thomas jane is checking out stupid crap underground and dealing with the same political crap he was dealing with and following the trail and then other lady is dealing with politics but like it's not the I can't f- tell if you like it or not. Well, I, I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible because, like, I'm actually enjoying it, but, but it's the kind of show that, like, it's going to have... I, th- I think they're going to try and throw twists and turns in there, and sometimes they're going to be like, I don't care. Um, Sign of a good show, you know? But it is, it is interesting. I mean, I do that with a lot of television, even stuff I like. Um, but... I, yeah i'm giving it another chance and i'm now on the third episode and i'm actually enjoying it enough that like i got distracted while working and couldn't keep it on in the background i had to turn it off so that to me was a good sign that's good um yeah so i'm working through that because i have more than one friend now who apparently watches it so i feel like i should try um well discovery of witches is back so karen i don't know oh it is back i haven't no, I'm like behind on everything because the kids were out of school for so long. But. Yeah, totally fair. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I just have a friend who watches it and wants me to watch it with her. So we're probably going to try and pick that up again next. Uh, Is that a week? That's a week to week, right? That's not a uh, season drop. I think so, but like, I yeah, think it's it, on AMC. Yeah. Yeah, I think it came out. Like, I think the first episode or two is out already. First episode two days ago. Oh, it, it was two. Oh, I don't Maybe know what three. day it is time what is time um so yeah that's that's pretty much it for the tv i've been watching solo and then we've been watching dickinson so it's great um yeah <laughs> what's show? funny is um I, I iron fist uh what's his name no stop yeah. danny rand white privilege <laughs> he shows up and every time he shows up on screen angela oh, <laughs> she really doesn't like him <laughs> that show is great yeah um, and he is terrible. We also caught up on or current on the rookie, which is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Boba Fett is another one that we're watching together. Yeah, Ooh. Chris, you watch any of that yet? <laughs> That's a silly Come question. <laughs> I just wanted to hear his voice again. I forgot if he was here. <laughs> Wait, we got, in the woods. Come on. There's two things we got to talk about with Chris. That's Boba Fett, and when I say I've watched all of Cobra Kai. His ears will perk up, but we've caught up. I've been on- listening. I've just had absolutely nothing to say about any of it. Yeah, he didn't watch Queer Eye with me. So how very dare you, Chris? You don't want to see the hope in the world? No. No. <laughs> no. All right. So, Chris, what do we want to talk about first, Boba Fett or Cobra Kai? Because those are the two that I am I am excited about. Uh, I mean, uh, we we already talked a little bit about Cobra Kai last night, though I'd, I'm certainly happy to rehash that and hear what everybody else has to say. Um, since oh, you know, Boba Fett's ongoing and Cobra Kai is concluded, let's go ahead and uh, get the Cobra Kai talk out of the way. Um, I thought it was great. We blew through it in a couple of days. Um, so you both watched it? 
Yes, yeah. we did. Okay. Yeah, okay. we watched that one together, and I don't know. I think it's I think it's just as good as it's ever been. It's uh, it's this. It's got the same problems it always has, but I don't care as much as I always <laughs> haven't. So, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was. I was just fascinated by their treatment of Terry Silver. Um, I was explaining this to Evan last night. Like, Angie, Angie have you ever seen Karate Kid Part 3? No. It is garbage. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is a horrible it is, movie. Yeah, it's really not a good movie. And And part of what makes it so bad is the Terry Silver character is like, this is so far removed from any kind of reality. Like... This guy was just completely fucking bug nuts. And so, wait, have the, you seen any of the Karate Kids? Uh, I mean, I watched. I'm just gonna say no. Okay. I've seen the first one many years ago enough that so I remember. If you were to take the bad guy from that one, young him up a little bit, make him crazy, and put him on coke. That's Terry Silver. Who the fuck is Terry Silver? That's exactly right. So, like, he's this dude, and in Karate Kid 3, he's like, you know he has a connection to John Kreese, who was the sensei of Cobra Kai in the first movie, and, th- like, this guy is super rich and, like, super coked up, and he literally devotes his life to getting uh, Danny LaRusso to, like, join Cobra Kai and, like, mess up his relationship with Mr. Miyagi, and he hires a kid to, like, try to take his title in the tournament. Like, he dedicates an obscene amount of money and time to getting revenge on Danny LaRusso for winning a fucking karate tournament like a year or two prior. It is so far removed from anything resembling reality. It's nuts. So when they said they were going to bring in Terry Silver for this season, I'm like, all right, but you, you pulled this off with John Kreese, right? You pulled it off with him. The dude's just seriously fucking damaged. And of mm-hmm. course, there's melodrama because as I, I've said before, this show doesn't take place on Earth and that's fine. <laughs> um, but like they grounded in a certain degree of reality that was somewhat believable. Like, all right, this guy's just a war vet who's just out of his mind. He's been homeless and stuff like, OK, cool. I buy that. But Terry Silver, like, I didn't really know how they were going to handle it. And the fact that they just straight up acknowledged, like, yeah, I was doing all the coke. Um, like, he even actually saying said it in the show. Like, he said, yeah. I was a coked up whack job. He, and he actually says, even saying it out loud sounds insane. Like, yeah, it does, because it is. But they kind of treated it like they they explained it by making it this, like, just the effect of him going through Nam and all the crazy shit that he went through in Vietnam. Like, the dude went nuts. And then he got therapy and he settled down and then John Kreese shows up and kind of like manipulates him into yeah, backsliding into the nut job that he is. And there's this just slow descent into madness as like Kreese keeps bringing up like all this Nam shit and challenging everything that he's worked so hard to not be anymore. And what is the point I really of that? Thought, what was it? What is the point of that? Why is that character doing that? Like, why is why is he doing it now? Why, why is, is John Kreese why doing Kreese? this? So Cobra Kai, well, the, the, yeah, the first season started with Johnny Lawrence restarting Cobra Kai. Oh my and god, I don't know any of these fucking Johnny names. Johnny Lawrence okay. was the young bad guy the, in the, right, the original. Right, okay. So okay. he starts. He was Cobra the one Kai that again. sweep the leg and sweep jo- the leg, Johnny. And, and, yeah. So in season two. 
John Kreese comes back into the picture to help him with said dojo. Then he takes over but said dojo. Wait, there's one important thing that you were missing from season one was that Johnny wanted to restart Cobra Kai, but he wanted to do it differently because the thing about Cobra Kai was that it was all about aggression all the time and that fucked up Johnny's head. Like he did not like John Kreese at, you know, at the end of it, you know, he looked up to him before and then he realized growing up that guy's damaged and doing damage to kids. Like it was a really bad situation. So he wanted to start up Cobra Kai, but he wanted to do it in a different way that didn't like be abusive, you know, say that, but he is such a damaged character that he really doesn't know any other way to do it. That's so like, true, like but he, he tries to, to. He's trying so to John figure Kreese that out. So John comes back and does... Well, he was trying to do that in the beginning. He was learning that all through the previous seasons. Like, he would see the way his behavior was affecting the kids, and he would try his best to correct it. It's part of what made him so interesting. But when Kreese shows up, and he does this whole sob story of, like, trying to get back in the good graces with Johnny, and Johnny's like, no, you, you can help me out, fine, but we have to do this my way. I'm not damaging these kids the way you damaged us and then you know john crease effectively steals the business from him uh <laughs> yeah. like literally signs the lease out from under him and everything which is really messed up it was, and, a, it was a handshake lease with the the, the landlord oh, it was so gross it was yeah, yeah it was horrible but he now has cobra kai johnny like i'm really giving brass tack that i think johnny starts eagle fang but at the same <laughs> time, the Eagle Fang is going. LaRusso is teaching another group of kids uh, Miyagi Do. And they apparently, karate is a very big thing in, in LA. So all of these competing <laughs> yeah. dojos are going to end up in the, the final hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So the, the, when. So season three, Johnny ends up teaming up with LaRusso, sort of at the beginning, because Johnny doesn't really have a place to teach his kids, and he knows that they need to get together to beat Kreese. So Kreese goes out and gets Crazy Cokehead to help him. His, his old partner, Terry Silver, yeah. To help him beat them. Then, uh, And this was my biggest problem with this show, okay? I said this to you last night. First season was two adults acting like children for most of the episode, but that was endearing because it was, it was you know, LaRusso and... and, and You'd known them as children. Like, they so were kids. Like, I was okay sense. with them squabbling and, and, and that. And then the season two, it was more of that, but then the kids started being kids, and there was a lot of immaturity, but it was still okay because it wasn't a lot. Then season three, now there's two sets of adults being children, then there's, like, four groups of kids being kids. That's a lot, a lot of not like just seeing that, you know, if you just stop thinking that way and you do stuff slightly differently, things will be better. But at the end of this season, there is a reveal for next season, which is just going to add a whole nother adult to this stew pot of drama that I don't know how they're going to pull it off and still make it watchable for me. Um, the stories themselves are so, so endearing because there's so much 
emotion outside of the karate stuff. Like Johnny's relationship with his actual kid and his adopted kid, if you will. Because like he's really trying because he fucked up so much with his own son, he's really trying with this other boy. And his mother. Gotta get it right eventually. He's, he, he's actively trying. And then the Russo's kids are all messed up as well, too, because of, you know, one has, like, he's, his son is supremely immature, but his daughter... His son's a dick, kind of like Johnny Lawrence, which yeah. is hilarious. And his daughter is too grown up, all of a sudden. Like, it's, it's, it's good, Okay, it's a great show, and I want it to end next season. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you there. It I needs to 100 agree. It needs to end next season, and I also want Julie Sun to show up for at least <laughs> one episode, like they did with little Russo girlfriend, whatever her name was. I can't remember. Allie, yeah. Allie, <laughs> like Julie Sun was the. Yeah, I mean, totally. (laughs) They were about to kick off the, the, like, the tournament, like, the part where they have to, the elimination part of the tournament, Mm -hmm. and the the announcer guy was like, and now we're going to bring in a special celebrity guest. I swear I thought it was going to be Julie Sock. It's going to be Hillary Swank coming out there (laughs) as Hillary Swank. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) That's the thing. Like, the next Karate Kid is just a putrid movie. Um I don't know that it's that much worse than Karate Kid 3 and it's, like Karate Kid 2 is no prize either <laughs> like and they're just pulling from the let's call it mythology of those uh, of those previous movies Hold so on, let's call why it not? mythology I like that <laughs> uh, there was a there I did see an interview with um uh hold on a second I have to write down let's call it mythology I, I got it <laughs> you got it all right um I saw an interview with uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka uh, where they were asked if they would ever consider um, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan crossing over into their show. And they were like, I mean, that's neat, but they don't like that's not the same universe as this. This is based on the original Karate Kid movie. So, like, you know, if Hillary Swank were to show up, that would make sense. But Jackie Chan, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe, but, maybe they're gonna get her. But they still, they still take place on Earth theoretically. And if Jackie Chan shows up as Jackie Chan for like the kids, like, hey, look, this is a celebrity <laughs> guest kind of thing, that I would be okay with. Or maybe they yeah. just go to a Jackie Chan concert. Like, or no. maybe they go to see the Jackie Chan Jaden Smith Karate Kid movie. So that is they, a movie in this world. So yes. the movie. <laughs> Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith movie is an actual movie in this universe, but it was someone from the original tournament that was not LaRusso or Lawrence retelling their story with a spin. That's meta right there. I like it. I can't believe they did that, and I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I just have it. to say that, that when they, they like started up the the tournament, they got to the tournament at the end. And like they're introducing everybody and showing everybody fighting. Like, how the fuck are there ten dojos in this one area competing for this right. tournament? It's I, like I said this that. Is re- I know it's California, but holy shit, man! This there, is real life, Karen. There were two things that I said. One, like to Angela, like I had to bring her in and say, "Listen, I don't understand how there are this many dojos." That and the noise 
when um what's the kid's name the 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 hispanic kid from next door miguel 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 does the ryu style tornado kick and his back like that noise on screen made me uncomfortable because i know that noise does not compute to be realistic like he is broken he is spun in half like it was not good yeah that was that was that was some scary stuff i I really felt for him i really felt for miguel this season like the whole thing where he was you know trying to yeah cope with johnny dating his mom and everything and the the scene where he you know he really loves didn't say his name he does uh, he loves johnny as a father figure and yeah and johnny like loves him as a as a a second chance uh, just uh, just at life like not as like a second chance to do better with a kid but just like at life miguel really changed a lot for him and uh i love watching it the sucks recaps. everything that's going down with robbie but then at the very end yeah. where robbie comes around he's like i don't want to blame you anymore and I'm i was tired like of oh. blaming you dad Oh, so, so sweet. And at the same time, Miguel's wandering off to go to Mexico to go find a dude that doesn't know he exists. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. They've, they've handled it all perfectly well by me so far. I trust them to, to continue to handle, handle it well in the future. I just hope it doesn't overstay its welcome. So that's, and that's what I'm worried about. Um, also seeing. There was the montage, or I, I don't know what if I want to call it a montage, but watching Johnny try to train as Miyagi Do, like when they did that back and forth, and at one point in time, Johnny uh, yeah. got into the crane position. I was like, that's some <laughs> funny shit right there. I also I really liked how they followed that up with um, seeing them, like especially seeing uh, Daniel exhibit some very Cobra Kai behaviors kind of like subconsciously mm-hmm. and like kind of realizing in the back of his head like oh shit <laughs> there 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 is validity to this like Miyagi-Do was always all about balance and Daniel's whole thing is that he is not balanced he's too far in the other direction he's too uh, far and de- defensively as opposed to aggressively or you know it's the 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 two it's the two dojos do not have to be that one side of each coin kind of so wait let me get this straight it's two different groups of people both of which have a philosophy one is too far in one direction one is too far in the other direction am i following so far close correct and you're sure this is martial arts we're talking about there are three groups Technically, right. There are three groups now, but the <laughs> Eagle Fang are... is kind of the same way. Eagle Fang's the not evil Cobra Kai. Basically. Okay, so it's they're started... both based on all very offensive, and Miyagi Do is very defensive. And the thing about this show is trying to you know re- reach this this balance, and you know that it's that's that's the way that it has to go. And then you see the kids when they were forced to train together, like Miguel and Sam, both Sam is they, Daniel they both, daughter. Yeah, they both benefited from the other's teachings, and they did well because of it. And it was only when they, you know, realized that yes, there is validity to both both things. Like when, uh, what's a, when Johnny went up against Terry Silver, and he was using Miyagi Do defense. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome to see because it was him realizing this shit works. It has validity and them both realizing that means that they can work together and my favorite example of that though was when hawk used cobra kai 
against um, Cobra Kai. against Robbie in the in the tournament. Yeah, but that come was on awesome. now. When you step back and the, the last fight when they both had to take off their geese, oh, Hawk <laughs> needs to eat a sandwich, man. Come on, outstanding. Son. <laughs> there are teenage girls in the world, and they need fan service. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that was there for me because those are children and that's not right. But um, well, those are you know like 22 year olds or whatever. But um, but but there there are kids watching this show who want to see that. And yeah, you can't that was absolutely them. there for the ladies, and I was all for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, go nuts. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> You're uncomfortable. You didn't see the kid was skin and bones. It was with this giant tattoo of a hawk on his back. Oh, bad choice. It's awesome. So yeah, it's a great show. I mean, watch it, love it. People, I, what did Dan say? I don't. This is a this is a weird world that we live in when this YouTube chat this YouTube show has become so popular that I'm like, yes, I need the fifth season now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a weird world that we live in. Yes, it is. It is indeed, and I'm glad it exists. But you know, let let's move on. We got plenty of other things to talk about, including the book of Boba Fett. Hmm. Yeah. So how are you guys feeling about this so far? Who wants to go first? Evan? I'll go real quick. I like it. I feel it's oddly paced. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> but I do... I am enjoying it. It's not It's not the Mandalorian. And that's what I was expecting going into it. Um, they try to make it have that same grittiness, but the pacing's... I don't, I don't want to say that it's off. It's just the pacing's different. And once I get, it's the. I think the problem is that they're telling those two very distinct stories at the same time, and they're interlacing them, which is weird. They keep going yeah, back the, and forth, especially in episode one. They really interlace them, and in episode two, they're just like, "Fuck it, just half of it's this one, and half of it's the other one." Like we're not even we're not even going to try to interlace them anymore. And I'm finding that to be somewhat problematic as far as like it being its own thing, because like I'm really invested in both of these stories, but not in any way that they connect to each other like well, I don't I, really care like I already know because I watched Mandalorian that Boba gets his groove back I'm totally fine with that well so you know that because you watched the first half of the first episode he's grooving all over Jabba's palace kind of thing well yeah but also because I watched the Mandalorian I saw what happened before this show so I I like all the stuff that they're doing. Well, I don't want to say all the stuff they're doing with, uh, like, Boba Fett and the Tusken Raiders and everything. Like, Karen and I were both saying at the end of the second episode, like, that could have ended a good ten minutes earlier. Yeah, like, whoever made that was like, okay, we really need to, like, do a deep dive into the Tusken Raider culture. And I was like, do we, though? <laughs> like, some of it was, like... Yeah, some amount of it was interesting, but that much of it was like, okay, like okay, I get the the scene where they had to like wrap him in the linens and like, okay, that's fine. Just like pick it up, pick it up. We understand what's going on here. You're taking too long with this. this well, they could have taken the every single like a, they could have taken a second or two from every one of those scenes, and it would have been fine, and it would have uh-huh. been over in like a minute and a half. What? But in, in like second 50 like in minute two of them doing the dance at the end i'm like could you roll the credits please i got shit to do like, Wait a second. so you're 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 glazing over too much because not only was there the training how to fight with the stick scene 
There was the wrapping with the linen scene. Then there was the I went and found a stick no, scene. No, there was yeah. Then there was a linen stick, and then I went and brought the stick to the lady, <laughs> and then we carved the stick together. Let's not forget the lizard up your nose. That was right. The lizard up your nose. <laughs> And like Didn't that's that I'm, I'm cool with all that weird shit, but you j- like they could have done that exact same thing with so much less time, and because like I was I was already done by that point. That's the thing. Like this stuff was kind of interesting, but they nailed the first chunk of that episode. Everything with the 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 two huts, the the hut twins in the beginning, and then with the whole train sequence, they nailed all that shit. It was a riveting episode. And then it just ground to a halt, and they were like, check this shit out. Watch them dance. For a while! <laughs> this is what you're doing for the next 15 minutes. Go to a Tuscan like, Raider dance party. What, what? You, you, you blew your load already. We're done. <laughs> this More is like over. Tuscan Ravers. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Hold on, right I don't know. Mind. But yeah, I totally agree. The pacing is kind of weird. But outside of that, I am very, very pleased. I am... Very much enjoying it. Fennec is a goddamn treasure. Uh, I'm very curious to see where all this stuff is going. And that's the part that's bothering me. Like, I want to know where both of these storylines are, like, how they're going to conclude. Like, what's going to happen next? I'm very invested in both of them. But I'm not invested in both of them together as, like, the same episode. Like, do one, then the other I, is is kind of how I feel about it. Like, I think I do don't one like story, like splitting. the first four episodes, one story in the last four or like episode to episode. Like, like, yeah, either, either one. I would have been fine with either one. Like, okay. just give me just give me a solid arc of this thing as an episode and then give me a solid arc of this thing as another episode. Give me give me these without trying to mix the two of them together because they feel so divorced. Sorry, two great tastes that do not taste great together. Exactamundo. Now, of course, uh, the evil black Wookiee dude, he's in the comics and I know him. He is vicious as hell and I'm very excited to see where they go with that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I want a little more Fennec. I didn't get, I didn't get a lot of Fennec. She's my favorite. Like, yeah, like when she's just very blasé. Like, so should we kill him? <laughs> like, I love her. Yeah. yeah, she's wonderful. She's not much different than May. Like, pretty much. And, they, and I'm totally fine with that. Yep, exactly. Here for it. And I rather enjoy Boba Fett too. I think this. I think this new direction of him trying to rule with with honor or whatever or respect, not necessarily honor because he's still like you know he'll kill some dudes. Yeah. But uh. I think the whole ruling with respect thing is pretty cool. I'm 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 totally into this storyline. I just want to watch that storyline and then the other, not like blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah, the inter- like this is the same problem I had with The Witcher was the interlacing of stories. Like it's harder to follow and you can't be engaged in all of that story at the same time. It's tough. And the two is doable if they keep branching out or if they don't end like I don't know how much further they could take that Tuscan story because he's got his stick he's got his <laughs> clothes we should be good now right like yeah because we already Tus- we already saw him get the armor back so uh, it's the like, only the only thing left to see is like what happened why did he leave that and where did Fennec come from that's True. what I'm waiting for like that's what I was hoping for for the entirety of this Tuscan story was how did he hook up with Fennec? Um, I'm into it. 
Has anyone else bothered by the actor himself and feel like he might actually die on set? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Tamora Morrison's... uh, I mean, he's certainly selling it. Um, Okay. Don't get me wrong. uh, He's a total badass. I thought it was a little weird that the way they showed him getting out of the Sarlacc pit, he didn't look young. (laughs) Like at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he just kind of looked like they also, a, they also yep. did the, the the burning like he's covered in burn scars during the yeah. Tuscan story, but not so much during the the Jabba the Hut era. Yeah, because like the thing is, is like dudes. A I mean, you never saw him without his helmet on in the movies prior, but in Return of the Jedi, he wasn't rocking the dad bod no. like he was in Mandalorian. Which, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think that's fantastic, but he crawled out of that Sarlacc pit and he just looked exactly like he looks now. And I'm like, that's not what Boba Fett was shaped like at that point. It's Yeah, I mean... <laughs> we don't really know how long he was in that Sarlacc pit, though, do we? <laughs> Could have been 20 years. We don't know. I, I suppose. They really packed it on while he was being I mean, digested. the Sarlacc nourished him. He lived off of Sarlacc in said pit. It's... His muscles are really just made of determination. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I really, I mean, just watching, watching uh, Tamara, like, move on set, like, it's, it's. There are times when I watch him and I'm like, I am genuinely concerned. Like, the, I looked up the actor because the dude's like 61 years old, and some of the stuff he's doing, I'm like, oh, your bones are brittle, like. I'm just, it, uh, it makes me nervous. Like, there's the scene where he had to, like, jump on the train, and they did a cut in the middle of the jump, and I was like, he probably couldn't make that jump. Like, his movements are stiff sometimes. When he runs, it's a little scary looking. Like, I, I just, I have, like, genuinely real feelings and concerns when I'm watching him on screen. But if no one else feels that way, then I'm clearly well, overreacting. I, I noticed his rigidity whilst he was training with the stick. Yeah, he's not fluid in any of his fight scenes. But I thought that that might just be the way that they're going with his character, because sometimes that's just part... Like, people can have, like, a a rough fight style that's not... That doesn't have fluidity, that can feel... I don't know. I feel like I'm yeah, watching he's, the he's, Tin he's Man. He's not a ninja. He's a bulldozer. And, yes. and, and that's the way I've always seen him. That's always the way I've seen him portrayed in, in, in comics, too. Not that I'm, like, overly... I haven't read a ton of Boba Fett comic books, but all the Star Wars stuff, I've read all the Dark Horse and um, not all the Dark Horse ones, that went for a long time, but I read most of the Dark Horse run and uh, all of the Marvel stuff so far, uh, the main series, and I've seen plenty of Boba Fett in comics, and that's always been, he's he's a he's a freaking bulldozer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, he's, he's not a ninja. He's And that like lack of natural movement when he's training with the, the Tusken sticks is may be explained by that like that's not a style that he's used to yeah and that's why it doesn't look right on his cool ass mandalorian armor and and you know he shoots stuff (laughs) yeah i I didn't know he's not a ninja i didn't know much about boba fett other than the the few scenes i had seen in the movies of him and even those i hardly remember because there wasn't anything there there was, was nothing there was it's boba fett no disintegrations as you wish like there's there's boba fett that's it and he stands around so like his dad like when they had his dad stuff like he wasn't a ninja either like the guy that they made the clones after 
Oh, Django Fett? Django no, Fett? I mean, he wasn't a ninja. He went, you know, he kind of went toe to toe with Obi Wan in Episode Two, but like in a in a way that involved a lot of like flying around and you know keeping his distance and shooting and like he was he was all power. He wasn't okay. fast movements and stuff. That's okay. All right. Uh, that's that was the way that was the way Django rolled. This is the way. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I stole it. Sorry. So yeah, we're loving that. Yeah, too. can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, and I don't know. Let's see. We're we're already we're already running pretty long here. So uh, let's let's bang out the rest of it. We've continued to watch Parks and Rec. Um, I've been obsessing over Jeremy Parrish's Video Works series, and I'm on 1989 to 1991 now, where he's talking about Game Boy stuff, which is fun. Uh, and I think the other other important thing was Karen and I started Wheel of Time. Oh, oh, okay, and. Uh, we watched just the first one, right? I think we watched two. That's a not a good sign if you can't remember how many you've watched. No, sometimes if you've watched them in a row or anything. Yeah, I Listen. can't remember if... I'm trying to remember, like, exactly... Yeah, because, like, there was the first one, and then there was the one where the people, like, the crazy troll people attacked Right, because we were village. like, yeah, no, I want to see what happens next. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, no, that was, it's it's good so far. I, I okay. like it. I'm, I'm, I'm invested. It is, uh, you know... One of those shows that has a lot of characters, and I'm not having a very good time keeping track of them. But it's a. Uh, I think now that's going to shrink down. Now that it's like it's one of these four people. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I like that they where they kind of put forth like, okay, so here is here's the core. This is the story now. Because was it the second episode where I was starting to feel like, all right, I think I might be tagging out of this show. This is really <laughs> boring. And then these like. What the hell were those things? They were like giant minotaurs or something showed up and they just fucked everything up. And I was like, oh, uh, oh right, my. And then that whole thing just kept going and then some really messed up shit happened like with this one dude and his girl. And I was like, oh no, that's not going to go well for him. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. I'm not okay, like saying cool. it's the most amazing thing in the history of you know mankind. I, I, you know, it's, it's no sliced bread, but it's very good television. Awesome. Cool. I like Rosamund Pike. I want to be her. Her magic, what I've seen of it so far, is like fucking cool as shit. I don't know anything um, about this series. So we'll have to. I'm, we'll have to just watch it one or two episodes. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. I don't know anything about it either. Um, um, a friend of mine is like was really excited for it to come out because she and her husband like are really into the books. Book so series, yeah. yeah, I've heard some people have had complaints though. How's how she? Has it translating for her? I actually haven't talked to her that much about it. I just okay. told her that I started it, and she was like, yay. Um, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But I'll ask her, and I'll report back. Cool. Um, yeah. Because we haven't seen that much of it either, so it's hard to talk to somebody about something when they know it really well, and you're like, oh, I don't know it at all, yeah. and I've only seen the beginning. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and it's like we don't have any frame of reference, so like we're just watching the show. So if, it, if the show's good on its own, if we're entertained and then you know it doesn't matter that the book is better it's if the show is good enough as it is the show is the show and the book is the book and if the books are better then that's awesome but i don't want that to i don't want something else being better to dictate whether or not something else is can be considered good oh yeah i'm not saying it from a standpoint of like i'm not going to watch it like we we know how i tend to feel about the books in relation to television shows but i just was curious because like i haven't talked to anyone about that show other than seeing a few things on social media and i was just like i would love to know why someone would have an issue you know like what what's not what's not being translated well for them or whatever um because yeah i'd be curious about that too yeah 
I'm going to watch it regardless. So, Yeah, it's pretty neat. Nice. Um, I only have two quick things because, as I said, kids were home and mm-hmm. not much time to myself. Um, but la- last night I did manage to finally find time for the Call the Midwife holiday special. <laughs> Um, which is, (laughs) they're really getting out of, it's season 11 now, they're really getting out of control with this shit. Um, so it was an hour and a half long, it was basically a movie, which is good, because there's so many fucking characters on that show, and for some reason, in the Christmas special, everybody needs a plot line. (laughs) Like, holy shit, so many things happen. (laughs) Um... Like there, it's the '60s now. It's 1966, and so like there's one storyline where the doctor gets called, gets an emergency house call that he has to go to, and it turns out it's like a mobster who got stabbed. Oh, Jesus! Awesome. <laughs> but the doctor has brought his teenage son along because his son is like going to med school, and he's like, "Well, you should come on cases with me." <laughs> like, so now he's got this kid wrapped up in this like being a mob doctor thing. Um, it was actually it just ended up being kind of funny. Um, there's just there were so many fucking things going on oh and then there was one nurse who was like oh you know she's gonna get married to her to her husband at the end of the episode and that's like a big like that's the big celebratory holiday special thing Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) so the the nurses live in a convent but they're not nuns right um but and then the nurse who's getting married she's jamaican and so, like, she and her fiancé belong to another church that's more like, um, you know, islandy, whatever. I don't know, church things. Um, okay. So, the the nuns and the, like, her church people meet to, like, discuss wedding details, because I guess they're the ones throwing the wedding, because the, the, neither one of their families is, like, in England. Um, so the church people are taking on like the throwing of the wedding and they're hashing out all the details and it turns out like the Jamaican people really need to do the cake and one of the nuns is like pissed because she already made a cake and she worked really hard on it <laughs> like to see like Sister Hilda be pissed off was <laughs> pretty funny um, and then she's like well you know if they're gonna take over the cake then I'm gonna throw the bachelorette party <laughs> <laughs> the nun version of the bachelorette party. Awesome. <laughs> Which is just like um, parlor games and like cocktails. <laughs> that sounds so great. But she ends up like spiking the punch hard. <laughs> and then the bride to be stu- is stumbling up the stairs of the convent to go to bed, smacks her head, wakes up in the morning, and her eye is like, she has a black eye and it's swollen shut. <gasps> like it wasn't just a black eye there's some like kind of injury in her skull and blood is like welled up behind her. oh my god <laughs> and like and it needs to be fixed with surgery and it's going to take 10 days to recover and like she's going to miss the wedding <laughs> but then the the old nun <laughs> sorry this, is, this was really funny the old nun is like I'm so old that I remember, you know, medical treatments that were before modern medicine. Let's use leeches. Oh no! <laughs> Technically, you want to remove blood. <laughs> they, I'm like, really? We're doing bloodletting now? <laughs> Call the midlife? Like this is a thing? <laughs> it was like 
just I mean talk about a show that's not does not exist on planet Earth. <laughs> like, okay. And then of like of course there were like 15 babies born on Christmas and you know nuns running left and right delivering all these babies. There was just a lot going on. It was enjoyable as all hell. It's just like it this show has gotten ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds like there's absolutely nothing wrong with this level of ridiculousness though. Sounds fun. No, I mean, I enjoy, like, just really leeches. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's yes, what Karen. the episode title leeches. should have been. Really leeches. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing that I have to mention, because I know Angie's going to freak out when she hears it, is that uh, with the kids, we have started watching Avatar. <gasps> right, yeah. We've okay. only two seen episodes in, two yeah. episodes. Okay. And, and uh, like, and you know, Chris is like, "Well, what do you think?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, first of all, I don't know. It's only two episodes." And he keeps like apologizing for it. Like, I know it's really kitty, and it'll get better, and whatever. I'm like, I've seen Cora. I understand, like, that, like, the people who make these shows, like, they're capable of making important episodes with like deep things happen. Like, I trust. You don't need to apologize for it. Like I trust that it's going to be on, of the same quality. So yeah, trust. I'm the process. in so far. I yeah, I'm in so far. It's Good. it's great. I like Sokka. He makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is wonderful. Oh, good. That makes me so happy. Okay. Well, keep me posted. But I will. I will wait to. F- I'm, I am pushing down the excitement hard. <laughs> so. I'm very yeah, the kids the kids didn't choose it tonight, and so like we take turns picking who's going to do what, like who gets to who, who, we get turns take turns picking who what the family's going to do for family time, and you know she picked Avatar, and then I picked Avatar, and then you know Ellie did not pick Avatar, and I'm pretty sure John's not going to either. But yeah, it's going to be slow going because you know it used to be that like we all just agreed on something and like everybody did it together and then everybody stopped agreeing on it and was like okay well now we need to give everybody a turn and so like it's a shit show and we have to remember whose turn it is all the time and everything in this house is like that everything that we have to do together is like taking turns and it's like oh my god I need like a the 19 spreadsheets to keep track of it all I'm just gonna make you a board that says whose turn is it TV time so, you know, good times. I'm good. stoked to be watching it again. I'm always happy to watch Avatar. And uh, yeah. I'm very curious what uh, what Karen's going to get out of it by the end. Because, uh, you know, it's it's such a show. Yes. It is, it is such uh, a show. Yeah, I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. It's a television All right. show. Well, with I, that, I, have, I hold think on. it was... I have de- one quick thing to mention that I did not mention. Ghost Hunters Season 14 <laughs> is back. Oh, my God. Um... Jason Hawes they are, is back on Ghost Hunters. He's no longer on Ghost Nation or whatever it is. Grant is out. <laughs> Jason's back in, and it is now uh, Discovery Plus, and it's the same fantastic ghost hunting shit. Just got to make sure that people know. That's I mean, it. that was very important. Thank it you. It has to be known. The message has been delivered. <laughs> All right, with that, we are going to take ourselves a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we are going to discuss... Uh, Cowboy Bebop, the original animated series. In uh, I'm very curious to hear what everyone's going to have to say about this one. Uh, so, yeah, you're listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content available now from our partners and Geekade.com. 
And first up, the weekend rental crew plays another rousing round of Buy Rent Burn, this time focusing on overall great Sega Genesis shmups. I don't know what that word means, but how do they feel about Musha? Will Forgotten Worlds be discussed? Does Space Harrier 2 count? Also, they share their thoughts on the latest from Spider-Man and weigh in on the top 100 games in Japan. Make sure you check out Weekend Rental episode 116, The Gamers Play with Lightning. Shmup Good job. For Good job. Shoot-em-ups, right? Yeah, there you go. Ah, yep. Nailed it. You got it. Yay. I knew it. Oh, see? <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say they should listen to the podcast if they want to learn, but apparently I'm the only shmup that doesn't know. Hey-o! <laughs> Next... Greg and Joe look back at the games that they covered in 2021 and a couple from late 2020 that were not in the 2020 special. Which one stood out and why? There's only one way to find out. Find Greg's home address and start an aggressive letter writing campaign to convince him to tell you what you want to know. Or, if you're not into the whole crossing the personal boundaries thing, you could always just listen to the SNES podcast episode 179. 2021 year-end special. Dan was absolutely right. There are a lot of numbers in that one. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> Finally, Paul, Sean, and Chris made an effort to see Spider-Man No Way Home as soon as it hit theaters, and they convened to have an impromptu bonus episode discussing all things Spider-Man movies, MCU, other superhero flicks, and more. Is Batman and Robin the most important superhero movie of all time? Find out in A Theater Near You, Episode 10, Spider-Man No Way Home. For all this and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on geekade.com. Okay, we are back, and I have uh, once again chosen episodes of Cowboy Bebop for, for this show to watch that aren't necessarily the ones I was going for, uh, except this one, at least I, I recognized why I chose them uh, to a different degree. We're talking about Cowboy Bebop Season 1, Episodes 12 and 13, Jupiter Jazz Parts 1 and 2, originally aired in October of 2001. These two episodes are the ones that I generally consider to be uh, my least favorite of the original series. Um they're you know they're there uh i'm very curious to hear what your you guys thoughts are on them uh the reason i chose them in particular was because of the gren character um gren was pretty different in the live action show uh and i kind of wanted to refresh myself on this one uh, i'm not here on my cowboy Bebop re- rewatch yet i've you know kind of slowed down on it because of all the other life that's been happening um i was two episodes away from actually getting to this point so, uh, but I knew that I remembered Gren being, you know, having a very different story and being a very different kind of character. Um, and I also wanted a direct comparison of like, this is what Vicious is. Um, this is the villain, the background villain character for the show. And he's a big fat nothing burger. Like he's just, that's vicious. Like that's his character. His entire, everything is, and that's way more interesting than with that. That 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 big fat nothing burger is so much more interesting than the whiny child that they put in the live action show. But anyway, I I'm more interested in hearing what you guys have to say than anything. So who wants to who wants to talk to me about Jupiter Jazz? Uh, All right, you started. Go. Yeah. Um. I 
enjoyed this episode or these episodes. Um, I was kind of like they are. I mean, I don't remember them being bad. Like, I don't they. Maybe it's just oh, out of context. I, 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 I have to. I think I have to do a qualifier here. They're the worst episodes of this series, in my opinion, which is to say that they're not bad. They just I don't think they hit anywhere near the level of the rest of the series. Like, I don't want to come off like oh, I hate watching these episodes because I don't. I think they're great. But the rest of the show is like way up there. And these are like, well, OK, okay. that's that. That's where I'm at. I didn't want you to think that I hate these episodes just like okay. by comparison. I got you. All right. Because like. A lot of the story was it's standard cowboy bebop fair that you know there's the, the thing to do um whatever the, you know their their mission is for this episode and like one of the most interesting turns was when i'm, I'm trying to get back to the the cast names like when that character <laughs> um julius like the like not julius like Gren, Gren, the one who turned out to be in the shower and yes is that that's Gren? Gren. Okay. Gren yes Gren who was did you watch any of the live action show no. no after the conversation that we've had and we said that I'd be a guinea pig I'm not sure if I if I'm a guinea pig or a sacrificial lamb at that point uh, and so I I've I've kind of been stalling on it but I I am this I, I was gonna wait but I will say okay. these two episodes made me that much more committed to wanting to to play or to to I don't want to say play the game but to watch this yeah because to me it feels like a game of like okay can I do these like I was thinking I would do like live action and then watch a little bit of the animated or just watch all the live action and then go through the animated it's a hell of a commitment for me on time but these two episodes made me that much more curious about the show because I remember the way that they presented Vicious in the show and I was like this is stupid and like (laughs) (laughs) it was just it was ridiculous and then in the anime I'm like oh yeah no that makes sense he's an anime villain like yeah okay he's everything he needs to be yeah (laughs) he was a proper anime villain like the flashbacks with Julia the way that he responds that just everything I don't know. He's got that fucking bird. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a goddamn cartoon villain, and he's it's everything he needs to be. He didn't need to be more than that. Yes, agreed. And so. and he didn't need to be as big a part of the plot in the live action show as he was. Exactly. Like, holy crap! The, the at least half of the show was about him and his like BS. And, and in the anime, he's in like these two. Uh, one or two others in the beginning and then like the finale like he's not he's this he's a background villain there is no overarching this is the villain this is the bad guys in the show it's like this is what's going on in the background and every now and then we're going to touch on it but then we're going to go back to you know monster of the week kind of stuff that's like, that's what the great part about this show the animated show was is that it was a monster of the week kind of thing but there was a little little through line and it wasn't overbearing or whatnot but getting to be introduced to all of the new characters as they came up like because i didn't realize like when you were talking about gren like you're saying that the live action here i'm like i i have to find out i'm getting names mixed up because that's not what gren was in the animated one at all that that, yeah that that character was was the saxophone player and 
I, in the live action show, Gren was like uh, a, just a legit trans character was the way that they they presented Gren, not like you know the result of experiments, like mm-hmm. um, you know effectively. A, a, for lack of a better term, it was a guy in drag, more or less, that was very fabulous and worked at the bar. And so they, was, they, they oh, just completely no. redid the character. Like, but everything a, that made that character impactful was the fact that it was so understated. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's ruining the character. Now I'm just mad, right? <laughs> and the fact that, like, the the nature of their. Um, gender was forced on them like wasn't yeah. something they adopted well by like choice. in in the anime like the, that was almost the quote was that he um well uh, he referred to himself as a he but i think they is a little bit more appropriate in this situation um mm. but like the quote w- uh when oh, what the fuck is her name the purple haired chick Faye. Faye. yeah when <laughs> Faye sees him and uh and she's like what are you and he's like i'm both at once and neither one and like holy shit that's a big deal to, like when? also when did this come out and they're fucking 2001 like, well, yeah this, like uh, it says it aired 2001 i think in america but i think it was 98 in japan 98 in japan and i know japan like you know arts and culture there are definitely always people who are you know at the frontier of social change and expressing concepts that are obviously not socially acceptable acceptable in like a public situation or or within the normal everyday culture but like i was flabbergasted when i saw this like i i had no expectation of of this at all whatsoever and I, I had already been enjoying Gren's character, and then I just liked Gren even more because it just felt like this character had so much depth. And I, I mean, the, it we was like a five-minute turnaround. Yeah, we were genuinely surprised when the reveal of that character happened, and not in a bad way. In a wow, they they built this 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 slow burn for this character. And it's upsetting to hear that they didn't give the character that much justice in the live action. They, they, so what makes me even sadder is that I think they think they did. Oh. No, no honey. That's no, the no. impression that I get off of it. Be like, well, we have this character that is this way, but let's just make this character trans. And that's okay. not the same. That's not the <laughs> same you thing as what this turn it into gone a a. Uh, a, a drag queen barmaid basically and they were a funnish character to watch but like they were again a character that was kind of forced into more of a role throughout the course of the series and like it didn't work whereas in this one like Gren's story is in these two episodes and then they die and that's the end of that and I, I love the, the the whole you know, I gotta. I don't even think an ambulance is gonna make it out here. You're gonna die, and he's just like, just get me my ship. I, at least if I'm not gonna make it there, I'll die on my way there. It's like tempting to. That's, yeah, it's a hell of a sentiment. My the, the reason that I say that these are the worst two episodes in the series are because not because of the themes, but necessarily the way that they're presented. A lot of the dialogue is very, very melodramatic, and even yeah. more so than a lot of the other stuff. It's a lot more anime melodrama than the degree of melodrama that the rest of the show handles I think a lot better um, okay so it makes it made a lot of watching 
having just you know been watching the rest of the series and then remembering like oh man i remember getting to this point and being like yeah these two yeah these two are it just kind of it, it takes this weird dip in quality as far as the actual writing and delivery goes like there's so much like wistful you know lines that you would see scrawled across like a what was it, a white woman's instagram or something <laughs> like there were so many of those one-liners throughout the course of this episode it's like come on show you're yeah. better than this and like i get there every now and then they do these kinds of things they're all you know themed after different kinds of things but that's the reason i wanted to do this episode it's like one this is how vicious is this is as deep as his character gets mm -hmm. and two what the hell were they doing with Gren? Like, um, yeah, it's weird because we we did not watch any of the animated series between what we watched the first one two episodes, and then stopped because then we started watching the live action. Then we stopped that because you know time. But the first two episodes of Cowboy Bebop are kind of melodramatic. Like they're they're like telenovelas kind of shit going on in, in the first couple of episodes and then it levels off so to go from that to this there's no uh, quality difference like well, it still feels borderline the same and it's not bad in any stretch of the imagination but I can tell you as the one person here who's not really familiar with all of this it definitely I, I absolutely hear what you're saying and I did feel that and I'm not like I, I don't want to say I disliked this I did not actively dislike this but it did not excite me in the way that I expected this show would um, because of the way that so many people love it and talk about it and I think right now it's just because I did you know I started at the very beginning and then I jumped to the next melodramatic thing like Evan is saying mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm not they, they it was so melodramatic they had to sideline Ed and Ein for almost yeah. the entire episodes. <laughs> and and so because of that like I'm not judging the show on this because I know that this the show is so much more than this but like if someone if 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 someone were to tell me that the show tends to stay in line with the sense of writing that I've experienced in like these two episodes specifically I would never watch the show again. Yeah, it is these are definitely exceptions to the way the rest of I yeah. mean, the episode before Jupiter Jazz is like if I was going for not making the point of like this is where they did with Grant and this is what Vicious is supposed to be like was definitely that would be the episode I'd choose because mm -hmm. it's Toys in the Attic, which mm -hmm. I know Evan, you've seen the whole anime series before, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's the I, one with the fridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> which is absolutely genius it's this wonderful like horror themed one nice where it's, it's, and i don't want to exp i just don't want to spoil the ending because the ending is is fucking gorgeous <laughs> but um th this show has so much more to offer than this um and which think about think about the stuff that really did work like spike um standing there in that pink jacket do i look like i have money <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and just did that and again the the, the fighting uh i think you know, uh -huh. Angie, you were talking about the way spike fights in the original in the first episode that you had watched and like comparing that to the way he fights in the live action show is just a totally different thing and like 
watching this one now after having seen the live action one like could you imagine them even attempting that fight scene where where he goes you don't know what vicious is and then he just tears through that entire gang yeah could you imagine john cho trying to do that it wouldn't work no it just wouldn't work and i love me some john cho wonderful guy but i just don't think (laughs) it's a totally different thing it's a completely different animal yeah uh and they really did miss a lot of the point yeah, so, I would. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that you did a good job of choosing this episode to drive home those points because, from a standpoint of comparison alone between the live action and this, I definitely got that feeling. Um, and I, I and to intend- say that these are the low points. So yeah, pretty much everything else you watch in the series, I personally think is better than this. Yeah, and I but I find that absolutely believable, and more so, I am. <sighs> I don't want to poo-poo the live action, I, I, but I just am even less sold on its ability to do what they set out to do. And it sucks to say that because it's not something where I'm like, they didn't have respect for the content. They clearly did, but like, they just didn't do it right. They're, they're, I don't know that it could be done right, and I appreciate the fact that they tried. It's, it's almost like book to movie kind of thing. Like the original anime would be the novel, the novel of Cowboy Bebop, and then the live action was alright, this is someone who read it and tried to visualize it but didn't watch the actual show. But it was it was more like someone who tried to put it into a different, like a different shaped muffin tin. They were like alright, so this is what, this is awesome, this is what the show is, but what it needs is a constant villain. It needs a real villain, and mm-hmm. it needs it needs XYZ, and it's like no, it doesn't need anything. It's fine the way it is. You want to do this in live action? Do this in live action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change all this other stuff. But like they, they went a little bit too far with the like. All right, well let's 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 try and change this. Up. Let's try and make Vicious more interesting. Let's give him a backstory. Make him the real villain. Let's try to connect all the episodes together with this overarching syndicate plot. Yeah, let's try to connect all this tissue and like. That doesn't exist in the anime. It's like, well, they're bounty hunters. Who are they hunting this week? It, they don't connect because they don't have to. They're intergalactic bounty hunters. <laughs> it's freaking outer space. Not everyone knows everyone. It's fine. Yeah, and it, uh, do you see there's a whole no, letter writing campaign going on now and, and oh. petitions being signed for the live action to come back somewhere? Wait, what? Uh, that's not going to go anywhere. I think that happens with pretty much every show yeah. now. Yeah. That's oh. not going to go anywhere. Had over 100,000 signatures on at the petition to bring back Cowboy Bebop. 100,000? That's I'm sure that's Netflix cares deeply about that. Mm. Uh, Karen, you've been somewhat quiet. What are your over What were your overall thoughts on on this? I just yeah, I mean a lot of what they said like I see where you were going with the comparison on this one like it vicious is just completely you know completely different in this than in the live action um i guess that's my kind of unique position to be able to agree with you since like we both watched the <laughs> the live action all the way through um i'm trying to think if there was anything else that really struck me it did feel like kind of kind of slow I appreciated the way that they showed the relationship between Spike Fay and um, Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, in the beginning, when as soon as, like, Spike found out there was a possibility of finding out anything about Julia, he was just like, I'm out the fucking door and I don't care about the consequences. 
and um and jet laid down some serious consequences and then by the end of it it was like you could tell like this has happened a hundred times before like yeah spike goes off and does whatever the fuck he wants jet makes empty 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 threats and then like they all care about each other too much to like really split up so they all Mm -hmm. come back together and i feel like that was something that was much better um that relationship was captured much better in the live action than some of the other things didn't translate as well to live action yeah the spike and jet relationship in live action was great um, Jet in particular was was so good in live action, but again they did the whole thing with his like family and kid to get back to and like that wasn't necessarily bad, but it also wasn't necessary. Yeah, um, I didn't catch the like you were saying the the voice of the actor who played him in live action and the voice actor were so similar. I didn't really catch it. Like I, it, they sounded similar to me, but it was more like that the. Um, the live action actor was trying to do that character rather than like, oh my god, their exact voice sound alikes. But yeah, I think that's kind of what I was more trying to say. Like that guy clearly was aiming. Like he nailed that. Per- he nailed that performance, that performance um, of right. Jet, which I thought was really impressive. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it did, didn't really. Like you were saying that this was the like low point of the series in terms of quality, I felt that I was like, really, this is like what you picked, and now I, you know, I understand why you picked what you picked, but I was like, all right, I guess we're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it again, I just have to drive home the point, the testament of how out of character this was for this show at this point in the series that they had to sideline two entire characters just to make it work like there's always that sort of kind of point of levity with ed in the background or as just a regular character in the show at this point uh same with ein i mean ein's not like a main character ein's a dog so ein's doing stuff in the background all the time but there's usually some more of that kind of relationship especially between ed and ein and Ed was like basically nowhere to be found through this through these did two episodes search, because right? was that? did a Google search pretty much and that would then yeah that was pretty much it. Although I will say I love the part where after uh, Ed realizes that she's done like just collapsing back on Ein and like that little <laughs> animation with the squish. Oh, I loved that. It was so sad. It's like oh poor Ein. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, that is exactly how children treat animals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. At least animals that they're comfortable with. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that. Like, again, it's it's little things like that where I was like that little touch, like, especially because they had to take the time to animate that. The fact that they would put that in there. I don't know. I just that 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 one got me a little. Yeah. I was like that that's, with my dog. That's more emblematic of what makes this show so endearing is there's so much more of that stuff and mm-hmm. well you've seen you've seen the the worst now now watch the rest <laughs> yeah i went back and i i watched half of um probably the next most um melodramatic one outside of the uh, the finale but the finale pulls it off incredibly well um which was ganymede elegy which is the one where they kind of go into jet's backstory a bit mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, and it's it's there's a bit in the beginning of this that the Jupiter Jazz that feels kind of out of context 
watching it outside of outside of the order because it's about jet jet goes uh on this kind of like bounty mission to go see uh his ex basically right so when when spike is up and leaving like going on his own thing saying i'm going after my girl that was a direct response to just like a week ago jet put a whole bunch of stuff on hold to go after his girl so that uh, line feels super out of place without the context of like, oh wait, that just happened in the other direction a few weeks ago. Except a little bit less dangerous because Jet thinks things through way more than Spike does. <laughs> Nobody's surprised by that. <laughs> but I love what I loved about that, and there was an episode that they tackled in the live action show was the whole Jet backstory thing. And one of the things that I loved about that was like they made that the reason that. Um, uh, Jets, I think it was wife left him was that he always took care of everything for her and never let her make mistakes. Like that was, you know, cause his personality is that like father type figure. That's always, you know, got stuff figured out and, and wants to make sure that the people around him that he cares about aren't getting hurt, but he does it too much. And that drove her away from him. And I thought that was a really cool, uh, Ooh. really cool character, character moment. I just love that show. It's so well thought out. And, yeah. Yeah. I do like that a lot. I didn't know that that was a thing. That's cool. Yay! All right. Well, I'm I'm all done. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to say thank you for that pick, though, because uh, like I said, it's nice to get like the worst out of the way, so now I can just enjoy the rest. Yeah, it's also you know what um, th- this. Uh, uh, yeah, no, never mind. I've lost my train of thought. It's fine. Trains left the station. It's off. Uh, Chris is tired. Chris is toast. Chris didn't get much sleep last night. Chris has a lot of work to do. All right. Any final thoughts before I close this thing out? Hashtag dad life. Uh, nope. Hashtag dad That's life. It. All right. Well, then that is it for us. That's our show. This week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you. And you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geek Aid Discord where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the official whoa, my screensaver just turned on. Official Geek Aid channels with the more specific <laughs> Twepcast accounts. And of course the four of us can be found in various ways. I'm on Twitter at Geek Aid Chris, that's Geek Aid K R I S, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force magazine. Karen, where can people find you? For all your fun feminist fandom fiber art needs, look for STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Etsy. Angie, where can people find you? I have returned to the Twitterverse. I am at Afernot. That's A-F-E-R-N-O-T. So come say hi to me on Twitter and tell me why I should stay. I don't think I can. I can say hi, but I don't know that I can tell you why you should stay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Twitter is basically a cesspool with occasional bright spots. Damn it! Don't discourage it's, me. I will leave again. It, it, it's, it's a highly addictive Facebook cesspool. <laughs> That's true. I mean, seriously, you, you, you. If you can, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, curate it well enough. Like, I very much enjoy my Twitter because I very rarely see anything that isn't directly related to video games. So, works out Fair. for me. Nice. Anyway, Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. 
<laughs> just type that into the just internet. Go. Just go. Just go. Just look it up. <laughs> Shout it into the darkness. <laughs> See where it takes uh, you. You'll get the same reaction out of me. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to know more about uh, any of the things, any of the shows we discussed tonight, or we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words of this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please comment like subscribe and leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again as always keep your eyes on geekade for more fresh original content uh whose turns next it's mine yeah i was gonna say my turn evan it's your turn all right. live action cowboy bebop <laughs> no <laughs> no Son of it, a bitch. it is not hard pass uh, what we are going to be watching is uh it's something new that i came across i was I watched the first episode. I'm very happy with it. We are going to watch Around the World in 80 Days. Yes. Uh, yeah. Episode one. Uh, it's just called episode one. This is, I don't know who does it. I know who's Feder- in it. Federation Entertainment. I like, I, I'm trying to think like it's a sling. I don't know how I came across it, but it stars, the, you know, the one and only David Tennant. So there's your homework. Yes. All right. Thank you. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know it existed. Now you do. So uh, now I do. I'm looking forward to it. That means you and have you're welcome not curated advance. your feeds to include as much David Tennant news as I have. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and now not Twitter's worth it. Trying. All right, everybody. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, are you all ready? I don't know. Are we ready? Yes. No. Crap. Karen, you go first. That's that's how we're doing yes. this. Yes. All right, that's it for us. I'm Chris. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. I'm. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.